Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Welcome to the new episode of SFP Now. Um, our guest on today's show are Amy and Vicky Howell, um, who are the uh, writers and producers behind a, a new web series called Sits One Sits, which is quite a unique um, web series. It's um, it's um, a horror uh, web series, and you know, and, and you, you you probably quite enjoy what they have to say, and um, you know their, their their series is well worth checking out. Um, but before we get to that, um, we've got a great show lined up. Joining me in a few moments will be Ty Bedone uh, to go over um, some some of the week's news stories and um, some general science fiction discussion. And then after that, before we go on to the interview, we'll be handing you over to our new friend, Dr. Vern of Nerd FM Music. Um, who's going to be um, doing a new segment on the show uh, where he sort of like uh, gives you his pick of the week um, from the many sort of like um, many rock bands out there, and um, as well as rap and other music acts that are actually uh, producing some some rather cool uh, music, which um, kind of is kind of inspired by, um, by by science fiction and fantasy and genre television and film. So, you know, that, that, that'd be Dr. Vern, and then after Dr. Vern, we'll go on to the interview. But first, I'd like to welcome to the show, Ty Bedoni. And now, Last Week in News. Hi, welcome back to the show. It's great having you on. Thank you for sending the substation request. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the one topic that's off out of bounds today is anything to do with Doctor Who and anything to do with money. <laughs> that's that's the one <laughs> okay. thing. That's the one thing. Those are the, what, the only things we're not discussing yeah. today. Um, we but... will not discuss it. <laughs> or the reasons why we're not discussing anything to do with Doctor Who or money. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I think I think the first topic of conversation. This has been going on for a few days, as you were just saying off yeah. the air with me. Is the Marvel versus DC Wars continue with post film shots? 
Um, now, before before you um, you, you go on this, I actually watched um, a video yesterday of um, and, and I can't remember her name. She was a comic book writer, um, but I think she also hosts a YouTube channel or something. And she was talking about the, uh, you know, she was, she was she she posed the rhetorical question of why are people hating so much on the DC Marvel DC movies, whereas you know so many people are so like uh, are, are so in, in have such adoration for for the Marvel movies, and you know it was quite an interesting video post that she made, and she she made a few really really good points. But you know, with DC films, you know the characters are kind of fixed. As in, you know, you got Superman who's supposed to be all American, um, Batman who's out for justice and stuff like that. Whereas the Marvel characters, they're written more 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 along lines of of a of a soap opera in in the comic sort of thing. So I'm just wondering if that yeah, if yeah, it, if if any of what she any of what she says there um, actually you know falls into this uh, Marvel versus DC war. Wow, you know, I, the first thing that strikes me is you know is this because the way we're talking about it is kind of the way others are kind of talking about it, and I think that the conversation is the conversation itself turning it into these Marvel slash DC wars, you know, but. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying, like, are, are, are we making a little much to do about nothing with it? And is that not part of it? Because you said before, there's a whole bunch of things you said, but but, but one of them uh, was uh, everyone's always kind of uh, putting down one set of movies as opposed to some others. And my sense is, whenever something different is happening, um, there's all these naysayers, you know? Like, I think we're over the Affleck hump that he's going to be, oh, my God, Bruce Wayne. He'd never be Bruce Wayne. I think we're over that, and now we're on to maybe something else. Mm-hmm. This. But if it's not one thing, it's another, it seems. And there's always there's some kind of skepticism that seems to evolve, to evolve around any kind of change to people's heroes. Um, but, 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 hey, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's all we've got for now. <laughs> Now, what one thing that you know, one thing that this lady said, she said that you know Marvel came under a lot of heat for their treatment of the Mandarin in Iron Man Three, mm, and true. she she pointed out that the Mandarin isn't even doesn't even have that much depth as a character um, yeah. in in the comics. Well, so. yes and no, yes and no. But then Kingsley Mandarin <laughs> has no depth whatsoever. It turns out that I mean, while it was almost an enigmatic character. As soon as what happened happened, and we find out that it's the other guy pulling his strings and it's an actor. Yeah, so on the one hand, it made me, because Kingsley did look like Mandarin, you know, it was a bit of a stretch, but it, it could have worked. Mm-hmm. You know, when he throw his acting abilities, and then when he just turns into that comedic, you know, actor who can't find work, who lucked into the into drunk or, you know, what have you. It, 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 almost, um, it, it almost took away from the value of uh, the, the Mandarin as an arch nemesis, if you will, of, of Iron Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but it changed it also. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, um, and um, you know I've I've just got to say this. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to happen or not, but I've actually been asked uh, by by a PR company here in the UK. Um, if I'd like to uh, do an interview with with Ben Kingsley because he's reprising this his role for what for a new for a new Marvel shot. Yeah, yeah, I've I, I read about that. Oh my gosh, you have to say yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I, I've said yes. It's just a matter of locking it in. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, to me, it should be Sir Ben Kingsley, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, to, and this is the American, the colonist telling you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, well, you can you can just get away with calling him Ben. What what it is? I've been speaking to too many of you Americans that have become disrespectful of my own people here and my own traditions. I think just, you better be careful, you know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to be suing my ass. <laughs> Um, yeah, you better watch your feet and this. Oh dear me, but yeah, I mean, so like, I, you know, I can see, I can see the point. I mean, I, I, you know, in terms of the, in terms of the Marvel DC films at the moment, I think Marvel has the upper hand. Um, at the moment, we'll at, see what at the moment, listen, Superman wasn't bad, Batman wasn't bad, and what they start, you know, what what Marvel does that DC doesn't do is they're all kind of linked in. DC, so if you read the last part of the article, which was really what I started the entire article with, was, you know, so Marvel is known for doing these post-credit scenes. You know, everyone waits for them now. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's really just a scene, and it gives you some indication of what the next movie is going to be. Apparently, DC is going to be doing little short films afterwards, shorts. But they're going to be, you know, on uh, other characters, either related to the movie or, or, or in some in, or, or something having to do with the movie subplot. <clears throat> um, and so when they start connecting them the way Marvel connects their movies, I think that's going to be, you know, a, a, a bit of a change. Um, I think they just haven't had characters that um, have anything but standalone, standalone um, plots and stories in them. You start having something like Captain America and Thor and Iron Man, they all tie into an Avengers movie. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous. When DC starts doing that, and as they're doing, I would tell you that we understand that potentially the next movie is going to be called Justice League. That is the next movie after the Batman Superman movie, right? That's the next one. It's going to be Justice League. Mm-hmm. And we've heard that we know who the next Wonder Woman is going to be. We're hearing who we think the next Aquaman is going to be. Now that's four of our core members. Um, actually, actually, there's a there's a fifth core member. Um, in 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 so far as um, yeah, it's it's actually been rumored that uh they've been talking to Denzel Washington about playing Green Lantern. I saw that. You know, I, I, so. I saw that, and uh, so point is, we know that at the very least we're going to have five core Justice League members. That ties in directly to the next Justice League movie. And that's why they pushed it out. One of the reasons they pushed it out ten months <laughs> was so that um, Superman is not going to go hey, up against even though he's Superman, he's not that strong to go up against Avengers beforehand and Ant-Man after. Even if all three movies are successes, they're going to make less money. Yeah. So you leave them alone and then you go right against a phase three, you know, Doctor Strange no one's even worried about that movie yet. But that's when Batman and Superman come out strong enough to go after or to, to go up against any phase three minor, you know, or smaller non-Avenger or smaller Avenger character. And then when Avengers is over and they have their, you know, phase three coming out or uh, for the next year, then you're going to have Justice League come out. So it's like it's perfect for everybody if you think about it, especially mm-hmm. the fans, you know. But it, it, so I think they're, they're actually doing just what Marvel is doing, but they're doing it their own way and they're doing it just as good and they're going to do it a little different and now DC is going to have I think they already have and they're continuing to build 
you know, the same kind of franchises that we see with Marvel. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think we're going to have them both going on full force at the same time within a year or two. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think I think one thing that Warner and DC need to start doing now is, um, and this is where Superman fell from on its ass for me, and also the Batman movies to some extent, is they need to inject, inject a little bit more humour into their films. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Because, you know, the, you know, the Superman movie was kind of... It didn't really have a great deal of humour. The Batman movies had virtually no humour whatsoever. Um, yeah, whereas the other movies, the Marvel movies, they, they always have a good dose of humour. Yeah, they, they do. And I think, I think, I think DC needs to, ad- needs to adapt uh, something like mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. not, not go that over... That would be the, a good suggestion. Not, I agree. Not go over the top of it, but, you know... Because Superman, Superman's kind of like a fun character, you know. Um, yeah, he could and, be. You know, and um, and Batman could be could be fun as well. As in, you know, Batman could be the butt of jokes, sort of thing, because he's yeah, so straight laced. Ben Affleck is perfect to help it to help him in the humor area. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So you know that's that's something I think uh, DC need to take note of, um, and and Warner and 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 Zack Snyder and um, all, all these other people. Um, but moving on on off to a new topic, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this um, or if it's going to be airing in the states yet. But um, a new TV show started here in the UK um, um, last Sunday. Um, it's called The Musketeers, and it's basically a, a reimagining of Three Musketeers, and it's um, thirteen oh, episodes. Like it it was a lot of fun, and uh, the new pe- the new the new Doctor Who's in it. He plays Cardinal Cardinal Richelieu. Um, it does Peter Capaldi, the new Doctor Who, and he's really good. I tell you, he's really yeah. evil. Um, he he actually had his girlfriend killed, his mistress killed at the very end of the episode. Last night, he had her. He had her killed. Uh, but it's it's really it's, it's you know the first episode which had last Sunday really impressed me. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, you know it's got a it's got a few it's got Hugo Spearing as the um, he plays the uh, you know the the chief of the Musketeers, the captain, and you know you've got a you've got Tom Burke, um. How you know Howard Charles and Santiago Cabrera, who was in Heroes, of course. Uh, they they're all playing Musketeers. Santiago Cabrera oh. plays Aramis. Oh, all right. Yeah, and so that's an American actor playing Aramis. Um, that's fun. And you know, we saw like it's um, it you know, he, he even has a little bit of humour to it as well. You know, like the Musketeers used to. There's a you know, there's a scene where they're doing right at the very beginning. D'Artagnan's taking on Aramis. You know, taking on a um, Porthos because he, he believes Porthos right. has killed his father, and that's why right. that's why he comes. Whereas in the in the actual novels and 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 films beforehand, he was always going to Paris to join the King's Musketeers. Whereas um, in in this instance, right. he's coming to Paris because he wants revenge against the person that killed his father. Yeah. Um, which was actually uh, one one of the uh, one 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 of the cardinal's men posing as as Portos, um and and um, hijacking people in, in the streets oh, in wow. order to sing the name of the musketeers sort of thing. Oh, that sounds so, awesome! I'd like to get a look at that show. So I yeah, love the um, but it's a joint production, I believe, between BBC America, BBC Worldwide, and and BBC Wales. Um, so I should imagine you guys will be getting it um, in the near future. Um, oh, but, awesome. but it's a you know I really enjoyed it. It was a good show, and um, you know I thought I thought I'd mention that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
many of the listeners will probably get a kick out of it. Because you'll like to see that before you see Doctor Who, I think. And um, it'll be a good opportunity for well, Amer- yeah. American yeah. audiences. Yeah, it's a good uh, tie-in for sci-fi as well, is that he's mm-hmm. in it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's also a good opportunity for American audiences to uh, get to see... Um, you know, Peter Capaldi in action if they'd never heard of him before, you know, which is unlikely, yeah. but it's, it's a good chance. Um, another bit of news that broke today is apparently the Star Wars 1313 video game, which was being made for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 and uh, and the PCs. Um, I'm not sure if it was going to be next gen or not, but uh, apparently uh, Disney have kind of let the the, uh, the license, the the trademark maps on the Star Wars thirteen thirteen video game. So oh it looks like that video game is not going to happen, which is a real shame because uh, it was basically uh, you know in the video game you played you you played the role of Boba Fett. But before he got his uniform, before he got his uh, armour and everything, ah, you, you play yeah. young Boba Fett, uh, you know, going on missions and doing bounty hunting and stuff right. like that. But unfortunately... It's... Daniel Logan will probably be obsessed with that's not happening. Mm, yeah, it's sadly... Yeah, it's... He's the guy who plays uh, Boba Fett in the Clone Wars. Mm, well, sadly, it's not happening. They're, 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 uh, they're not, they're, they're not right. going forward with it. Um and in, in other video game news, do you remember Tetris on the Nintendo? Did you ever sure. have a Nintendo? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'm sorry if I'm talking about video games all of a sudden, but we do have a stream on the site on video games, and I've been working yeah, yeah. on it and building up of night, so I just wanted to drop a few video game stories in, in here this week. Yeah, well, absolutely. apparently they're bringing Tetris out on the new PlayStation 4 and Xbox One formats. It was a fun game, but you know, it wasn't really you know the strongest in terms of graphics and in terms of you know, no, a, no, a prettiness. It's a, it's a test of skill. It's a game of skill, you know. It's yeah, it is game of skill. It's a test of skill, but you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm kind of like a bit concerned of how well it will cross over. On you know mm. onto the home console market, um, because the great thing about it was on the Nintendo is it was, it was a great time figure. You could sort of just pull out your Nintendo out of your pocket or whatever, and and play it on there yeah. for a half an hour. Whereas on the console, yeah. you sort of like uh, you, you you can be sat in front of a console for a few hours <laughs> quite well, easily. Well, I can remember putting in quite a few quarters into that machine as well when it was a big mm. old video game. Yeah, I've got it. Older. I've got it on my cell phone still. I I have Tetris on my cell phone. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones when I was putting quarters into it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that that was a long but time they did, ago. But they were big, big, big blocks with big antennas in them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, t- I tell you what got I tell you what got most of my uh most of my money um in terms of that sort of thing. There was two games that I really became addicted to, and I was playing them on the arcade machines. Uh, one was, you know, one was called Golden Axe, right, where you was kind of like the bar, you could play the Barbarian, the Dwarf, or yeah, the uh, yeah, or, or, yeah, or, or, or the Barbarian woman. Um, it wasn't, every time you put a quarter in there and you started it, it would say, Archer has entered the game, is that right? Yeah, that's the one, and <laughs> I, I, I spent loads of money on that. And also, the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that came yeah, out in the, yeah, in, in, in the, in the early 90s. Um, that that got a lot of my money as well. 
Man, you oh. know what I always wanted to do? I've always had this dream to open an arcade. It probably will not happen, but if it did, it would be the best arcade. <laughs> I've got an arcade game in my house, matter of fact, my wife got me for Christmas. I love that thing. Yeah. I wish I had more of Yeah, there's so much fun. I've got one of those that has like 30 different games on it. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I got myself... Yeah. Uh, I the old games, too. I don't have that one, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I traded in. I traded in my old consoles over Christmas. Um, I sold sold my old consoles and um, got a bit of money for them, and uh, put the money towards a PlayStation Four. <laughs> of course. So I've been I've been playing Resogun, and I'm I'm addicted to Resogun at the moment. My my boys and I are addicted to killing Nazi zombies in uh, uh, you know World at War and uh, the, that whole series. Uh, Black Ops and Black Ops 2. But I like the World at War ones. There's nothing like killing zombies, Nazi zombies. It's the best. It's awesome. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how I spend a lot of my video game time right now. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do, what, 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 what format do you play on? Um, Xbox. Xbox, yeah. Three sixty. Well, out of the new yeah. generation, I'd go for a PS4. It's it's cheaper than the Xbox One, and for a start, and um, also it's it's got it moves at a faster frame rate, <laughs> and it's got. Great! And it's, I can't wait to buy a whole bunch of new video games. That's awesome. It's got you know it's got it's got you know I think it I think it edges the Xbox as well in graphics a little bit. There's a slight it's well, got a slight edge. I, you know, Space Invaders was like when I was a kid, and so where games are now, that's I just how much better can we get? Like when we're immersed in the games, that's when the I mean we're just you know everything is so far from what it was. And dude, it's just awesome. Dude, everything the only awesome, reason crappy game. the only reason I'm trying to talk you into a PS4 here is I want to get you online and I want to whoop your ass on Battlefield 4. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. That, that sounds like you just thrown a gauntlet challenge, my friend. <laughs> you you probably no kick challenge, you probably kick my butt no, from my here to Timbuktu. No, six-year-old will probably kick your butt. When I play, like you know, you can play against each other and try and kill each other in these awesome maps. Yeah, they they they, they kill me incessantly. It's horrible. You know, oh. like, you know, I'm I'm dad. I'm supposed to be whipping your butt with this M16 and not the other way around. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, well, Ty, do you know? You know, on on a Battlefield Four, do you know how many people you can play play against online at the same um, time? How many on on PS4? Sixty-four. You can play against wow. sixty-four people over the internet at the same time, and I, I actually, I was actually dropped into that situation uh, a couple of couple of days ago, and oh man, it was really hard to stay alive for more than five minutes when you dropped into that sort of situation. But by the same yeah, token, bet. the maps are huge. You know, so so you can you, you know you can be dropped in the middle of nowhere, and you know, and as you're finding your way to somewhere where where the enemy are, you can just get shot while you're sort of like you know moving around trying to find find someone to kill. <laughs> That sounds like playing with my two boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah it's um, it's it's um, it's it's good system. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna snag down the Xbox One, but you know it was a bit too expensive for my blood, and it wasn't what I what I specifically wanted. Uh, but right. I've I've seen I've seen games running on the Xbox One, and there's one that looks really good called Rise of Rome. Or something, and uh-huh. um, that looks really awesome, by the way, graphically. But I'm, you know, but I was actually told by someone who's played it that it's only about three hours long. So that for a game really isn't really that much value. Um, yeah, I hear you. But it's um, you know, I I made a conscious choice to go with Sony this time because I went with Xbox the last time. So um, 
you know, um, I might get an Xbox One at some point later on down the line. Um, you know, if if um if if I if I become affluent and uh, a millionaire or something, but for now I'm I'm sticking with PS4. Uh, by the way, we're we're going to be opening the uh, Sci-Fi Pulse merch door soon. Very nice. I'm very excited. Um, yes, yeah, so we we've 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 bought three domains. Um, we've got three domains. We've got Sci-Fi Pulse Merch dot UK. We've got Sci-Fi Pulse Merch dot US and Sci-Fi Pulse Merch dot com. And we're hoping to bring the store online within the next week. Um, or next couple of weeks. Uh, probably the UK one first, and that'll be shortly followed by the American one. So, you know, everyone should keep an eye out for that, and uh, please join up and buy stuff because you know it's all like it's going to be, it's going to help go towards SciFiPulse.net and uh, keep that going as well as sort of like um, you know, hopefully give me a bit of a livelihood <laughs> when when, sure. when I use my part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> which which is <laughs> going to happen eventually because I'm I've kind of got a well you you need uh, this to become your full time job sci fi pulse shall become the next sci fi channel only better oh god I, I won't go that far I mean sci fi sci fi channel that'd be a nightmare to run you see the amount of... okay that's sci fi channel just little original content that people really really like it's made into a show that'd be mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> okay well you know we, we we've um i'm i'm, in, I'm involved with uh i'm involved with a web series and um a friend of mine tells me that there's another web series um in development um so you know we might get to run 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 episodes of that first when it comes out on sci-fi pulse yeah can't wait it will so, it shall happen <laughs> um but there, there's stuff um that, that you know we've got we've got stuff in the pipeline um anyway uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go no no i think the, the thing that i was looking forward to talking about was what we did talk about and that was uh and that was uh uh, uh what was going on the, all the hubble of that's going on with respect to marvel and dc i think that's the you know the real little uh kind of fun stuff i mean joaquin phoenix potentially is going to be lex luther and one of the reasons that they're pushing it off is, you know, because, well, do we do Wonder Woman on Paradise Island? It's going to be a lot of money, take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they don't know if they're going to do that. And so that's kind of fun, you know. And apparently Ben Affleck also got himself a bit hurt, you know. Uh, um, I don't think it's anything, you know, crazy, but just, you know, he hurt his ribs and some other, you know, issues with some muscles. But, uh, you know, nothing that's going to keep him out, but he, he, he is having to use a back. Stunt double, apparently. Ooh. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, before we do, before we do go, I'd like to very quickly uh, mention this. Um, um, we there was a story that broke last year that uh, CW were talking about doing a Wonder Woman TV series. Yes. Yeah. Well, apparently, um, last week, um, at the TCA's the Television Critics uh, Association press tour, which has ha- been happening in 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 um, Los Angeles for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the head of CW revealed that they're no longer moving forward with with one with the Wonder Woman TV series, which kind of makes uh-huh. me think that it's, that that they, they they'll probably spin off a Wonder Woman movie out of the uh, Superman Batman movie if if this actress works yeah. out. Um, yeah, so. I think it's you know when people are screaming Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, then yeah, maybe that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But so you I know that's the... that that's been that's been cancelled. But also at the TCAs this week. Um, this this was over weekend. Um, 
the the head of a NBC, the, the head of ABC Studio, sorry, the, uh, the you know Paul Paul Lee, I think is called. Um, he's actually confirmed that they are looking at the option to do an Agent Carter series with Haley Atwell as Peggy I Carter. I thought they were doing that. They, 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 well, basically, yeah, it was, it was kind of like confirmed a couple of weeks ago in, in that, um, you know, it was reported that Haley Atwell had actually signed a contract to do it. Uh, but yeah. this, this is actually from the studio head now. He's confirmed it. He's confirmed that they're looking into doing it. Uh, they're looking at a pilot episode, and he says that the pilot script sounds really good, and he can't see any reason why 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 they, why they they will not be moving forward with it. Beautiful. Yeah. So that that would be, be a lot of fun. That that could well happen. It's sounding pretty positive. I hope um, so. Cause that's gonna be like that's gonna take place from Steve Rogers' supposed demise through the early fifties when she became head of uh, Shield. So there's some fun, I mean, early days of, you know, Hydra, early days of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury running around. There's going to have to be a different Nick Fury. can't be a black guy. Let him do it to spec. Mm. You know, it's the end of World War II. And, you know, the Fijis, you know, there were no integrated forces, even though um, uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos did have, you know, Gabe Gabriel, I forget his name, who was in S.H.I.E.L.D. with him as well. But the point is, early days of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's going to be some fun, 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 fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Agent Carter stuff was really cool, you know, in the Iron Man 3 DVD. So I'm really kind of looking forward to it. That old, you know, action new, film noir style. Yeah, well, I've, I've, just had, I, I've just had a thought, actually. They could always get David Hasselhoff to do Nick Fury, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. And kids can fly now. That would be awesome. Yeah, you know, um, no, actually, they could add insult to injury and get Justin Bruning to do it. He he actually played Michael Knight in the new Knight Rider series that they did a few years back. Uh, they yeah, could get yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun stuff. Fun, fun, yeah. fun, fun stuff. Okay, well, Ty, uh, thanks for being on. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna hand off before we do the interview. We're gonna hand off to uh, Doctor Vern from Nerd FM. Um, who's yes, got? Sir. He's got a you know. It's a new segment. So I'm pimping it. Oh, he's he's got his song of the week for us uh, this week, which I believe is by Kirby Crackle. I might be wrong, but uh, you know, <laughs> handing on to Doctor Vern from Nerd FM. All right. Okay, thanks, Ian. I am Dr. Vern of Cyfried and the worldwide beacon of nerd music, Nerdy FM. I'm a singer-songwriter, a DJ, and a nerd music advocate. I love nerd music for the reasons I fell in love with rock music so many years ago. It's fun. Sometimes being grounded in fun and good times can cause music lovers not to take you seriously. I hope to introduce those of you unfamiliar with the genre to the new love of your life. And to those who are fans already, I'm going to treat you to some nerdy greatness. The song I have for you guys tonight is from the nerd rockers of the Pacific Northwest, Kirby Crackle. They call their style of nerd music, nerd rock, and their songs frequently involve comic book and video game characters. On their latest album, Sounds Like You, the Seattle nerds have conjured up an image from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Here's Moisture Farm by Kirby Crackle. I got a job at my uncle's moisture farm. I got a 
job at my uncle's moisture farm And I just harvest that shit up Harvest that shit up I just harvest that shit up Harvest that shit up I just I met a man in a barn just talking dog The dog don't talk It goes Ooh. And I don't know who did you first Know who did you first I don't know who did you first Know who did you first for a pint for all the run Sleep in a dead tauntaun A sister with hair like Cinnabon I've heard a thousand songs based on Star Wars. This is easily one of my favorites. And uh, Ian, you and your listeners out there can get Kirby Crackle's music on their website, kirbycracklemusic.com or kirbycrackle.bandcamp.com. And of course, we feature them regularly on Nerdy FM. So until next time, you guys keep it nerdy. Back to you, Ian. It's so nice to have family here under one roof. Yeah. Just like old times. Catch it. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to be in gold. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, bro. Oh, really Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Well, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Vicky and Amy Howe to the uh, show. They're, they're um, a couple of web series writers and producers who have um, sort of like made quite an impact with a, a web series called Syndicate. And they also have um, a movie in the works uh, called 616. So, h how are you ladies doing? Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing good. Um, 616 is actually a, another web series. Oh, right. So, it's not going to be a yeah. film. <laughs> Uh, no, not this one. We're, we're developing Syndicate, the first web series we're developing into film. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a bit of interest in the script on that. But um, yeah, 616, it's a bit confusing because 616 did start as a film and then it was a short film and now it's a web series, but it's kind of been redeveloped a bit. So um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> well, uh, I guess my first question is uh, how did you both actually get into uh, in, into filmmaking and, and, and doing, doing web series and, and stuff like that? Is it something you've always kind of had an interest in doing? Uh, yeah, it's, it's something that we've always, because we're sisters, um, so obviously we've grown up together, and um, it's uh, we grew up on movies, and uh, so we've spent a lot of our misspent youth uh, talking about movies and, and different things. Um, and uh, I've, I uh, worked in uh, film and theatre for a lot of years and uh, written for other people and what have you and uh, it just but Amy's the one with the ideas uh, I just scribble them down so mm -hmm. and then she tells me what's good and what's not um, and I scribble again and um, so we were just kind of throwing ideas about and uh, it just was the right kind of time to to uh, to create stuff ourselves um, so that's uh, that's um, that's kind of how it got going you want to jump in Amy, with anything yeah <laughs> um, yeah for me it's a completely different route so I actually I need a double life I have another career as a marine biologist oh cool <laughs> <laughs> a bit different. Ah, so, <laughs> so you actually you actually uh, understood um, about all the uh, fauna and uh, seaweeds that were mentioned in in Jules Verne's Twenty Thousand Geeks Under the Sea, <laughs> in the unabridged version. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Please text me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not. I, you know, basically all those references in in the uh, in the unabridged novelisation of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea put me off reading the damn book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it did get a bit technical, but um, I spent a lot of time working at the and you know your mind wanders when you're looking at fish, and uh, I had quite a few ideas for different stories that I'd like to tell. And one day, um, well, when I moved to London about six years ago, I'd already talked to Vix about a, an idea for a horror film, which was actually this one. Um, and she said, "Well, why don't we write it?" When I moved here, so we started writing together, and the dynamic worked really well. So as she said, you know, I come up with an idea, I talk to her about it, and sort of mull it over, talk about it, bounce together and then Vicky starts writing so she puts the meat on the bones and constructs the whole the whole universe in which the story takes place and then we review the scripts together so it works really really nicely cool and so um amy you you act kind of like the uh, script censor vicky writes a script based on your idea and then you kind of censor it i'm uh, not, <laughs> not censor it it's uh i come up with an idea and i talk to vicky about it so between us we decide which way the story's going to go we develop story together yeah and so then vicky actually does the writing no, so we block, out, we block out the structure of the beat of story um, um together and then in terms of actually writing the script um generally speaking i'll do that i think but, i think what i generally meant by censor uh, was um, you know I I I I've had a bit of a theatrical background myself. Um, I trained at Abraham Moss um, College oh, cool. in in uh, North Manchester and yeah. uh, studied performing arts and drama. And uh, there was one thing that I did uh, where we did a theatre in education as a module, and we had to create a play 
and take mm. out to uh, to entertain primary school children. And um, I wrote the play um, with with another guy called Kevin, and uh, I wrote the initial draft of the play. Kevin went over it and sort of like tidied tidied some of my ideas up, sort of thing. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of what I mean by by censor. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just basically have a look at it and say, oh, I don't think this would work here, and what if there's this, or what if there's this there, or moving it around. But we do it together. We sort of talk through the script revision and uh, together and revise it together. Mm-hmm. Because what 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 went wrong with um with with my script when I was doing theatre and education is um it was a little bit too frightening for children, in 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 so in in so far as uh, you know we had to sort of like dumb it down just a little bit because with it being live theatre, you know some something that sort of like can seem pretty harmless on television if it's live theatre and stuff like that and children you kind of have to be a bit more careful. Okay, m- moving along, um, the the the, um, the 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 web series you've done, um, Syndicate. Um, yeah. where, where did that idea come from? Because it's so like it's kind of like um, it's not not really a common device to have a, a TV series or a movie uh, even about two serial killers stalking each other. Yeah, that came from a, a stupid idea. Well, not a stupid idea. It was an idea. But it was it came out of an idea I had. I just it was one of those what if conversations, and uh, I used to live opposite this park in London called Priory Park. Mm-hmm. I used to walk through quite a lot, and uh, my mind wanders as usual when I'm walking around. And I said to Vicky, what if two um, serial killers were stalking the same person in the park and they, um, as they were coming up to attack them, they saw each other and ended up actually having a fight and the, the girl or the guy or whatever gets away and then they end up in the pub having a laugh about it. Wouldn't that be funny? And then it kind of went on from there <laughs> through a series yeah. of different storylines. Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of developed on, but that was the kind of kernel of the idea. Um, and at one point it got ridiculously complicated and uh, then it, we just kind of went, uh, we just have to pair it back what the, the main bones of the story um, and uh, yeah it, uh, it's not a common device um, we found actually in pitching the feature that it, it quite um, I think people who are not coming necessarily from a, a horror or background uh, quite often find this a difficult concept to go well who do we who do we feel empathy for Who's, whose side are we on but um, part of the thing about it is that these are that's part of, part of the thing about it that you you do feel empathy for these characters you do um, they do become your friends, and then the, that puts the audience into a state of dichotomy because you've you've got these people who who are lovely. We're on their side. Oh, we forgot they kill people. Oh, they're lovely, and um, <laughs> so you, they, you have that kind of moral dilemma that you are actually rooting for the bad guy. But then there are worse things in the world than these bad guys. These bad guys are actually, but they're not. One thing that we didn't want to do was make them safe. I mean, generally speaking, when you've got serial killers, they'll either live in the woods and wear people's hats or something and be insane, or they'll be safe. They'll be like. Dead or something where they have a code and they'll only kill the bad guys and so we're the good guys so it's okay we're safe whereas our serial killers are not safe because they are like us and they don't have a code and they're not crazy people and you can't tell the difference between them and normal people which is what the reality of uh, of according to we we did a, a bit of, kind of research with it in terms of kind of fbi statistics and all this kind of thing and um generally speaking they are normal people it's not the crazy people that you want to be worried about um so we get quite interesting reactions when people watch it um and we have had people run away from us in terror which happened in france that was quite good and uh <laughs> Um, but in, in the UK, when it's screened over here, people laugh and they get the joke. So we think it's kind of quite a British kind of route to it. Uh, mm. I'd I, I, I certainly think so. I mean, it's so like uh, my, my experience um, in, in television 
Um, oh, for for example, and this isn't a horror horror example. You know, in in Torchwood, you mm. you had a two you had two major characters from the main cast die in the second season of that yeah. show, and the American audience is um you know head in hands. No, yeah. they've killed off my favorite character. How dare they? I'm not gonna watch again. And I'm thinking, <laughs> so what? They're dead. Move on. <laughs> Yeah, we, we do things differently here, um, and uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's a very, it's a very British sensibility, and and that's um, something that's carried over into Six on Six as well. You know, it, it it comes from a kind of a fantasy horror background. There's a lot more of your Buffy's and your supernaturals and that kind of element to it. But you know, it's not glossy. Nobody looks like a cheerleader. Nobody's got a ripped six pack. Um, you know, they they eat greasy spoons and not diners and mm-hmm. all of this kind of thing. So it's very um, it's very normal in setting these 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 quite extreme circumstances. And, and fantastical situations in Bio 6 and 6 and so into a very character-driven reality-based uh, scenario. And the warning to US fans of the uh, series and films is don't get too attached to any one character. They could yeah. die. <laughs> Anyone could be for the chop anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's it's something that, you know, that, that that's something about the US versus British culture of uh, science fiction horror that often amuses me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, we 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 tend to uh, we we tend to be a lot easier going about killing off principal characters and then replacing them with someone else, <laughs> mm, uh, which is or real life, <laughs> which yeah. which is really strange, <laughs> and, yeah, and you know. Whereas, uh, whereas if it, if they're an American show, for example, and I cite Battlestar Galactica as an example, they killed off Starbuck, but they bought her back, mm. you know, and, yeah. and and stuff like that. It's um, I I always find that really funny. But I gotta say, uh, six one six. You know, the one thing that watching the trailer for the short film that you was going to do, um, I I quite enjoyed the uh, the fact that the guy in the guys in in there was he was trying on this wig and this uh you know this yeah. terrible jumper that he got for Christmas off somebody, yeah. and all, all of a sudden he turns into an animated sort of like serial killer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we we use um when we did the short film version, which there is a full short film. Uh, it's just because we're using animation with the effects, it took a very long time to do. Um, but yeah, we decided to use animation for the effects because back then we were numpties and didn't realise quite how long and complicated. Uh, animation is to do. Um, so rather than go CGI with the effects, we went animation. And uh, yeah, he's um, he's he's not entirely a serial killer, but he, he does come to a bit of a sticky end. Um, but uh, with the uh, with the web, not giving too much away. With the uh, with the web series version, it's uh, there's no animation. It, it's we're actually doing proper kind of effects and things. It's quite scary. It's the first time we've done that. Mm-hmm. So see how that turns out. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> so uh, how are you going? You know, in the um, in you know in the short film you got this you got this principal uh, character who become who becomes the animation how are you yeah. going to differentiate um in in the new version from 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 song like uh, his normal everyday persona to his his sort of like uh, you know the, you know yeah. to, to to affect the transformation he, he kind of got using special effects makeup or something yeah it's, it's, that's kind of that's kind of sideways path that you're going down there because the animation is is um for the effects so the character doesn't split and become a different character in the short he's he's the same person it's just what happens to him happens with animation providing the effects for what happens to him um so i mean we're taking people's heads off and that kind of thing and and it's, a couple of years ago when we did the film we went how the hell are we going to do that oh do it with animation 
animation. That would be lovely. Um, whereas this time we're taking people's heads off, but we're doing it with CGI, so real hair coming off. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's about the effects as opposed to transforming the characters. And also um, with the web series, the, the story is much, much broader. You know, it's not just the two people. Um, it's uh, there's the a wider kind of story. It's, it's developed as well. It's gone more down. A, the original concept was a gore fest kind of B-movie horror, and it was deliberately a little bit kind of silly. Um, now with the web series, it's been redeveloped into a much more mainstream archetypal fantasy horror kind of web series, uh, serial kind of uh, feel to it. Um, so, as I said, it has this kind of wider world and a, a bigger story. And so, how, how do you go about casting your actors? Because um, you know, I noticed you know from watching the uh, couple of the webisodes of the Syndicate, I managed to see. Um, I, was, I was just really impressed with your two main actors in that, and um, and just wondering, do, do, do you go towards a uh, do you, do you basically look around theatres for um, any, any job in actor that may be available, or do you use a use a casting agency? How how do you go about that? Um, it varies with syndicates. Um, one of one of those guys, Chris, the guy playing Reese, the guy with the glasses, the geeky guy, I've known for quite a long time because of background in kind of film and theatre. Um, a lot of the people that I know, Amy knows people that know about fish. I know people that are kind of actors and crew members and things because that's the world that I kind of worked in. So. Um, a lot of the people in Syndicate were people that I had worked with before or knew, but we don't uh, just put people in that we know for the sake of it. We're only going to put people in if they're good or they fit the part or whatever it is. Um, so with that, of those two guys, Chris I knew and Jeff, the other guy, um, was playing Nathan, um, we found through a casting website. Uh, we put adverts out if, if we don't know someone or if we haven't worked with someone that, that fits the role that we're casting because we generally prefer to work with people that we know if we can because auditions are hellish quite often and you can't always guarantee that you know that person that's great in an audition room is going to be great on set and how are they going to work with the other people and you know so it's a little bit of a lottery um, so but if we don't know anyone or, or haven't worked with someone or nobody's recommending anyone that, that fits these the roles that we need we all we obviously we, we advertise and we audition them um, just go down the usual channels mm -hmm. with that. Uh, with 616 actually is, is probably the one that we've done where we've got the least people in it that we knew beforehand. Pretty much everyone I think in 616 um, was three, yeah, mm -hmm. three that we've worked with before and everybody else um, came through auditions. Okay, well the, uh, the title 616, I'm kind of curious about that. Um, you know, what, 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 was the, what was the genesis of, um, of the title for 616? Because it's kind of like an unusual title for for a horror thing or web series it's it's almost like it, it could be the first the last part of a postal code or something <laughs> well weirdly it's actually uh, the last three digits of our phone, phone number but that's not where it comes from um, it's basically based on um, the original number of the beast um, it, it, it apparently according to some scroll somewhere uh, there was a mistranslation and 666 sounds a bit more aesthetically pleasing but it was also mistranslated so it's meant to be 616 um, so that's where the number came from um, we can't actually tell you what the number appertains to though because it uh, kind of gives away the whole concept yeah that's true well yeah no I don't we can't okay um, 616 refers to now the thing about it being the biblical number of the devil, um, the original biblical number of the devil, allows us to, because apologies to anyone listening to this if they're massively religious, but we're not, and we, we're we not going to trounce any form of religion, that's not what we're about, but 
Um, so we're not putting anything down. But it, it interested us that this idea of this this number, um, which is associated with a great evil that at some point will return and influences major religions in the world and mythologies, um, was kind of quite interesting. So the number it refers to a great evil which comes from a prehistoric time. There are scenes in the web series that I'm trying to skirt around the thing without telling you exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> 6,000 years ago, there are scenes set 6,000 years ago. Um, I'm not going into the whole backstory. <laughs> um, but uh, there are scenes set 6,000 years ago and so it's before recorded human history. And cool. that's where the, the genesis of the story is and where the genesis of that number is. Um, and so the idea is that that's filtered down through recorded history to the present day and has kind of been forms the mythologies and the religions of the world um, and it refers to it, it is a number of I don't really know how to say that without saying what it is um, but it's, it, it is a number of physical things as well that ah. are incredibly relevant to the story and, what, evil. and evil every single one of them is incredibly entirely evil mm. I, I could say what it could I say, say what it what it is of it, no oh no um yeah <laughs> okay six hundred and sixteen pieces of things that are incredibly evil ooh yeah it's got it's got me curious um, now yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah it's got this kind of dual thing partly it's a mythological thing and partly it is a physical yes. um plot one it's kind of, kind of got me curious now I mean um I'm not really um what you call a huge horror fan I'm kind of like um I I straddle the fence between science fiction horror and fantasy. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really, you know, I'd say mostly I'm probably science fiction and fantasy based. Yeah. Um, well, so. this, this is quite fantasy based. I mean, it's a world where I can go into the yeah. thing, can't I? It's a world where demons exist, and it's a world, it's a world where uh, immortal beings exist. Um, uh, some of the three of those characters that were there 6,000 years ago are still with us today. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it has a lot of fantasy element to it. You know, there's magic involved, there's, there's ancient bell books and things, and, um, you know, and, and the ability to uh, control people with that and to uh, create immortality and and various other things that will pop up over the series. Um, so, I mean, it, it, yes, it's, it's got a horror element to it because we do rip people's pieces every now and then and, you know, some, some gore and things in it. But uh, it's also grounded in this kind of almost quite archetypal fantasy tradition behind that, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in terms of the horror concept, it is completely unique, We've, we think. Uh, we have Googled. We can't find it. If anyone's done it, then, you know, don't sue us. Um, but as far as we could tell, it's not been done. So that's uh, that's quite exciting. Well, if anyone's done it and you've not found it, um, it obviously didn't do very well. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll just have to hope that if, if it has been done and uh, it didn't do very well, that the person that did it is too bankrupt to be able to sue anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I've got, I've got to say, it sound, sounds really interesting. I mean, a favourite TV show of mine from the uh, late 1980s uh, was a... I don't know if you guys would have heard of it. There was a show, it's called Friday the 13th or something, and uh, it's basically about... Uh, you know, brother and a sister, um, or their cousins, I think, and all bought together underneath this, you know, they inherit this antique store. Um, only trouble is, uh, the antique store, the previous owner made made some sort of deal with the devil, and um, all the antiques were cursed, and they had to go out on a week-to-week -week basis to recover these, you know, cursed antiques. Oh, 
Excellent. Which okay. which had you know various you know weird um, weird and oftentimes horrific um, effects yeah. on the people that bought them. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> and that 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 ran for a, that ran for a couple of years uh, back in the late eighties, and um, you know it's um, and that's you know that that sort of thing that that I I kind of like. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, okay, you probably be on board with this then. It's got quite a similar setup in a lot of ways, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's got it's got that family element, and it's got that uh, that obviously that kind of fantastical element to it as well. And mm-hmm. searching for the and searching for the six hundred and sixteen things. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's a bit like the uh, it's a bit like the old card game card game Cowboys and Indians or fifty two card pickup, but it's a uh, six hundred and sixteen card pickup. Yeah, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've got to say, I'm, you know, I'm really, really interested in it. And um, you know, when, when are you, um, when are you looking to um, actually have it out there? Because I know that you've actually been busy over the last couple of weeks shooting it because we tried to schedule this a few times. Yeah, we have. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've shot the first three episodes um, as as a pilot, uh, basically, because we're working with some Canadian web series creators as well um, called Frostbite Pictures, and um, their plan is to uh, pitch it through. American television networks and through the UK television networks as well and, and try and gain proper funding for full series. Um, so we've shot three episodes, we're in the middle of editing that now and we're aiming to have it online before the end of the year, which is very quick. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's so that it qualifies for web series festivals in the state next year uh, because that makes it a lot easier then to uh, to talk to people about it, you know, as opposed to, yeah, we're, we're in England and we've done this thing. It's, uh, yes, it's at this festival down the road from you, John Holly. Um, so, uh, so that's that's the plan. Uh, so we're busy hustling to edit the whole thing at the moment. Um, and then, if we get lots of cash to do a series, then we'll do a series and buy yachts, and it'll all be lovely. And um, if we don't get the cash to do a series, we may very well just do the series anyway, or we'll think about it at that time. Um, so, but it'd be quite, yeah, it'd be quite good to do the whole series. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, it's really piqued my interest. Um, you know, these six hundred and sixteen items or, or whatever. It's it's just kind of got me curious. Um, well, you know, obviously you're um, you, you you're both from um, um, a fantasy horror sci-fi background in terms of a uh, kind kind of movies and TV shows. Um, what what sort of what sort of movies and TV shows would you say have been the most inspiring to you? Create from creative standpoint. Going down a sci-fi route. Um, well, what what are you going to say? Do you know what I'm going to say about sci-fi? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, um, in terms of sci-fi, my favourite probably be Battlestar uh, Galactica. Really love that the, the late one. Um, although I do remember watching the original when I was a kid, and I just liked that as well. But that was when I was a kid. Um, X Files, massive influence. Um, really, you loved X Files. I loved X Files. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my all-time favourite favourite series. Um, so that's probably my favourite TV shows. I watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, I watch Supernatural. And, um, and all that kind of stuff as well. Oh, I love Supernatural. It's a favourite. It's my favourite show on at the moment. But I've got to say, the new Sleepy Hollow was pretty good. Oh, I haven't seen that actually. Mm, I, I think you're about probably about four, maybe five weeks in here in the UK. Um, it airs on the Universal Channel, but it's um, it's a pretty good show. It's a uh, basically Ichabod Crane as a uh, coming to the present day, and so is a horseman. Oh, brilliant! And it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like you know a weekly procedural series with Ichabod Crane. Uh, paired up with a contemporary police officer in the uh, in 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 the present day Sleepy Hollow. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. check that out. So, 
um, and um, you know it's a, it's a pretty good one. And um, they've just got the uh, they've just got John Noble in it. John Noble has just scored a recurring role in it. Okay. Um, sure. And obviously, you know, you probably know him from Fringe. Oh right, yeah. No, yes. do you know what Fringe is one that I completely missed. <laughs> um, I know everybody keeps telling me to watch it, but uh, I just haven't managed to catch any of you. No, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen mm. any of that. Well, I'm, I'm probably in the minority in that I gave up on it after about you know after the second season. I got a bit bored. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. um, but you know, don't don't let that put you off because you know <laughs> I I'm, I'm the you know I I wasn't particularly a great fan of the uh, modern retelling of Battlestar Galactica because I just found it too dark and too bleak. Yeah. My um my absolute seminal sci-fi theory from way back is Blake Seven, and mm. um which is obviously the poor relation to Doctor Who, but but much more because of it's because of that kind of dark bleakness, and and, and that's the show that killed people off. In you know they didn't care, they killed people off all over the place. Um yeah, but in Battlestar, uh, in Battlestar, they 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 killed someone off and then bottled out and bought that's a back. Thing, you see, yeah. you know, Blake Seven wouldn't do that. They they yeah. Didn't bring Gam back. He was dead. That's it. Yeah, they killed the entire flipping cast off in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's like forty years old. But um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's that, that's absolutely the best sci-fi series ever made. Oh, Blake Seven easily. Yeah. To the ground if they say different. Mm. Blake, Blake Seven easily. Yeah, probably one of the best uh, British sci-fi series yeah. ever made. Um. I'm um, very wary of the, uh, they're, they're bringing it back, aren't they? Or they're doing some kind of next generation thing with it or something. Or there's been rumours about it for years. So. They're, they're bringing it back. Um, Apparently now Sci-Fi Channel's got on board. And, um, and just, actually um, not. Sci-Fi Channel no longer, no oh, longer has now? it. Um, it's it's moved it's moved to another to another company now, um, and the, this other company is mostly a British production, I think, as well. So oh, it's come back here again. It's, it's been it's, bouncing around all over the place. It's years. kind of, it's kind of come back here. It's still kind of a collaboration between UK and US, but it's um it's it's a it, I think it's a bigger company than Sci Fi Channel. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm wary, but you know, you never know. Give it, give it a go. See, they might, they might get it right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, I'm kind of wary of it as well. I mean, they've, they've just recently redone the Tomorrow People. Yeah. And I've not watched it. I've, I've, I've actually uh, actively tried to avoid it. The, the simple reason that. I vaguely remember the original Tomorrow People, and I vaguely remember enjoying it. And um, I also kind of enjoyed the uh, the the um, Next Generation one that they did in the nineteen nineties, mm. which you know didn't last very long, but it was it was pretty good. It was a pretty good effort. Um, but you know this this uh, this new American version, it just um, you know I I just don't fancy it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's something about making something too shiny that it just kind of it doesn't work. I think for, for you know certainly for kind of British shows, mm-hmm. uh, because the Americans are, are big on just remaking everything. We yeah. don't remake things. We remake Cheers or Frasier or whatever. Ugh, I'm on a throat box now. But um, you know they they take Shameless or The Office or whatever and they remake it. Um, so uh, but they've not done it with Doctor Who, strangely. They did it with Being Human. They did yeah. do it with Being Human. Yeah. Yeah. Did, fun, they right? did. They did it with Being Human, and I watched. A I watched a pilot episode 
proud of their being human and um, you know that was enough <laughs> yeah I did the same. Yeah. exactly it's a perfectly good series as it is just, just mm. watch the series as it is or you know and anyway get off my soapbox I'm getting off my soapbox <laughs> they um, I don't think I don't think they'll ever do Doctor Who um, I don't think they dare I think I think Doctor Who would literally have to die and be dead for about 40 or 50 years yeah. before they could even you know even contemplate touching yeah. it but uh, I think I think Doctor Who is such a British show that I don't I, I just don't think the Americans could do it and uh, you know and do it justice because I mean we, we only need to look no further than the um, than, than the complete balls up that they made of the movie in 96 yeah <laughs> you know uh, Paul McGann no offence to him but he was like the best thing about that yeah. you know he, his portrayal was you know was absolutely brilliant it was just so like the supporting cast um, the story wasn't all scratch and um, whoever thought of casting Garrett Roberts as a master really needs to be taken out and shot <laughs> It's very sweet they're including Paul McGann in all their 50th celebration things. Oh, yeah. You know, they're putting him in as a genuine doctor. Because yeah. you could kind of scoot over that and go, yeah, that didn't exist. Like, no, not necessarily stuff. because... It's good they're including him. You know, they, they, they can really pass over him because they, basically they um, they continued the Paul McGann series with the Big Finish audio adventures, which are kind of like officially a part of Doctor Who. And, uh, they, okay. and, and they did quite a few radio, uh, yeah. radio adventures with him. Uh, oh. So, you know, before we uh, cut this short, is there any, any other projects you'd like to maybe mention that you may have in, in development? Um, well, we've got, we're pretty busy with the ones we've got at the moment. Uh, we've got the script, the feature film version of The Syndicate, mm-hmm. which we're trying to develop. Well, we've sorry, we've really yeah. had to develop it. It won prizes. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it hasn't won prizes. It's nearly won prizes. So that's doing really well, but we're basically in the process of trying to find a producer to uh, help us make that next step. Cool. Those feature films. So if anyone's um, listening and wants to do that, you can get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be finishing off the two short films that we've done. One of which is Six on Six Short, mm-hmm. and another one that we, which we did, which, which was also live action animation. But it's a love story. It is. Nobody um, dies. Nobody dies. But she's in it, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, that's all drawn together. So we'll be launching that next year and putting it in festivals. Is it enough? Concentrating on finish, finishing this web series and getting it online by the end of the year. So it's um, a love story where nobody dies. Where's the twist? Are they Siamese twins or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it's um, it kind of, it becomes a little bit kind of creepy, spooky at the end. Even I get a little bit confused about what's actually happening. Um, but it is basically a straight down the line love story. But there's no, there's not really any dialogue in it. Um, and it's about it's about two people who who uh, they they work in the same company and they always have to go to the same office meetings, but they've never actually spoken to each other. It's, it's because they're always kind of controlled by somebody else, kind of thing. You know, they're in mm-hmm. a meeting or they're being pulled away to here or there. But they're both doodlers, and so when they're sitting next to each other in the meeting, they're kind of doodling away, and then the doodles start to kind of interact with each other in a way that the actual characters can't. Ah. Um, so so uh, the doodles communicate, but the characters can't. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of a love story, and they get brought together by their doodles. Um, and fall in love. Fall in love. Uh. And, uh, yeah, we kind of we kind of got a bit trounced by Paperman. Um, which have you seen Paperman? Um, which is a short that won at the Oscars last year. But um, it's because it's kind of got a very similar feel to it but we did do this like three years ago it's just taken ages 
to uh, to get it finished because we don't have um, the budgets of Disney. So um, so yeah, it kind of now starts to feel a little bit like we're copying something. But that when we actually did it, it was it was feet paper. Mm-hmm. I'll get back off my soapbox again now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Soapboxes are actually really good for sort of getting getting discussions going, interviews. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'd like to thank you both for your time. It's been been great hooking up with you. Oh, thank you. It's, it's thank brilliant you. that we've actually uh, managed to do this. It yeah. is. Well. <laughs> Hey, this is Crazy Joe, and this is Dave, host of Megapodzilla, the podcast equivalent to a 100-foot radioactive robot lizard, but with horn-rimmed glasses and a pocket protector. <laughs> That's nerdy. We're on the rampage, laying waste to the geek landscape. We'll talk movies, TV, comics, toys, video games. And sometimes we talk turkey. Don't you mean chicken? <laughs> That's right. So check us out at megapodzilla.com. We're also available on iTunes and the Zoom Marketplace. Aw, yeah. Okay, engine stop. We copy it down. Remember when science fiction drama envisioned stories that were happening where no one had gone before? Discovering and exploring other worlds far, far away. While many of these series and films became cult classics, somewhere along the way, this genre got lost. Imagine if there was a place where you could go watch exciting new space opera series made specifically for the niche audience that you are. Imagine if this place was conducted by a team as passionate as you about science fiction and who would use all their background experience to make sure you get the best entertainment possible. SOS is a not-for-profit independent production facility that brings together writers, special effects wizards, and other creative talent from around the world who've worked on some of the most recognizable and respected science fiction franchises. So throw away your remote control and get real control by joining the Space Opera Society right now. With as little as $1, you can change the future of entertainment today. For more information, please visit our website, which is, of course, spaceoperasociety.com, where all your questions will be answered in our frequently asked questions page, and don't miss our short video presentation from some of our space opera series in development. I'm going to step off the limit. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hi there, this is Robert Leeshock from Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict, better known as Liam Kincaid, and you are listening to SFP Now. The fate of humanity now relies on those who dare challenge the future of Earth. And that about wraps things up for this week. Um, next week, we've got, a, we, we, we've got a potentially really cool interview lined up. Um, I won't say too much now because... Um, you know, it's kind of in the works, but we're hoping to have an interview with Stephen Lund um, from the uh, new series, Bitten, which is on Sci-Fi and Space Channel over in, in Canada. Um, so, fingers crossed, we'll have that interview ready for you and edited together for the net, in time for the next show. Um Anyway, as ever, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, don't don't forget to check out <laughs> Genre Tainment, which um, which comes on our feed every Tuesday with Mats and Junie. They always have some great stuff lined up. And um, thanks for listening, and you know, please rush back and um, catch us next week. Bye.
Bye for now. We offer the world order.